Fantastic. Now, if you've got a Bible with you this morning, we're going to read from Ephesians chapter 3. If you don't, no problem. Uh, it'll be up on the screen behind me or in your notes this morning. This is an incredible passage uh, that Paul, one of the apostles, he, he wrote this uh, to the church of Ephesus to encourage the church. How many people need encouragement every now and then? People are just kind of, you know, sometimes you, you're kind of going through that place where you're just wondering whether it's worth carrying on, and then somebody just brings that encouraging word that just lifts you, brings you up to where you need to be and where you know you actually should be. Well, this is an incredible passage that Paul spoke to the Ephesian people. He says in verse 16 of chapter 3, I pray that out of his glorious riches, his being God's, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit and your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge so that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Can you imagine what all the fullness of God might be like? I think that's got to be our pursuit It's got to be our pursuit now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at at work within us to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all the generations forever and ever. Amen. Come on, this is a great passage of scripture. This is an encouragement for anybody who is just wondering whether they've got what it takes to him who was able to do immeasurably more than we ask or imagine. I don't know about you, but I've asked God for things in the past, and he goes way beyond my ask. He goes beyond what I think I need and gives me so much more because he sees the greater picture. That is the God we serve. That is the God that we have the power from to be able to live overcoming victorious, triumphant lives, as Amy was speaking about this morning. Come on, would you pray with me this morning as we look at this new series, Big. Father, we thank you. You are a big, big God. You are a great and mighty God. And we declare that we are nothing, but Lord, you make us something. Lord, we, 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 we can't bring much to the table, but you, you say, I want to partner with you. I want to work with you. I want to put my power on you and in you so that you can live a life that would overcome, a life that would bring hope to a generation that is hopeless. So God, I pray, Lord, that you would speak to us today. Lord, let us get a a greater glimpse of how big you are, how amazing you are. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, it's finally happened, as Amy said this morning. I'm now a parent of a double digiter. I have a 10-year-old. I have a 10-year-old, and for, for the last 10 years, I've enjoyed the journey of watching life through the eyes of my kids. You know that, that, that stage where all they can see is head height because they're on the floor? And then they get up to the couch and then they can maybe peer out the window. I remember Josiah, every time the door opened, he was off. He was going for it. He wanted to see what was happening outside. There was this, this sense of wonder in his eyes every time a, a cat or a dog goes past or a leaf blows across the ground. And you're going, well, what's so incredible about that? For him, it was amazing. Our daughter Zoe, she loses her mind when she sees a helicopter. It's like, Dad, it's a helicopter. In fact, she's now an ambassador for the Northland Helicopter Service. 
Yeah, she, she did a little speech. All the other kids were doing a speech. She did a speech on wanting to be a shopper pilot. And so uh, a shopper pilot. Now, that, that's, that's quite concerning, really, isn't it? I don't know exactly what that means, but I, I'm getting a clue that it's going to be very expensive. But there's a sense of wonder in our kids. And even, you know, my, the, my kids just loved me. I say loved because it's, it's, it's waning. It's like, Dad, you're amazing. You're so strong. And it was, wow, Dad is now, oh, Dad. But it got me thinking that sometimes the wonder that we see and we've experienced so quickly can wane. We can find ourselves in awe and a wonder of everything that God has done in our lives. And then one day we find ourselves going, huh? yeah, I'm saved. Cool. The gift of salvation that has been given to us through the blood of Jesus is the greatest news. It's freedom for everybody who says yes to him. How could we lose the wonder on that? Guilty as charged. 38 years I've been a Christian. I gave my life to Jesus at a very young age when I knew and understood that Jesus loved me. My parents taught me that the sin of my life would cause me to be separated from God. And they told me that I could accept Jesus as my Lord and Savior, and I did. But, but, but we can slip, we can drift from this place of wonder to this place of complacency. The heart behind this series is that we would see how big God is. As we begin this new series, we come into a Vision Sunday in March, and We've got a vision as a church to be a center of hope, to reach, serve, and influence our community. And whether or not that becomes a reality, I believe, is whether or not we can answer this question and truly understand it and truly live it out. How big is God? How big is God? Because how we perceive that question determines on what we will communicate to others, right? Because if we just think, God is somewhere around here, we won't believe that God can step in in somebody's life and completely transform them, completely turn things around. But if we believe that he is able to do immeasurably more than we ask or imagine, then we will begin to speak life. We'll speak hope. We will speak purpose over every person we meet. And we will truly become a center of hope to reach, serve, and influence our community. Last week, we prayed on Sunday night as a, as a combined church. I think we had at least eight churches that I could count in our building last week on Sunday night praying for our city. How many people believe God could save the city of Whangarei? And there's a number of hands that didn't go up. <laughs> because maybe we don't believe that God is big enough. But I believe that this morning God is... Asking me to remind myself and you. He's saying, I am the God that parted the Red Sea. I'm the God that parted the Jordan River and allowed the people to go through. I'm the God that took down the walls of Jericho. I'm the God that took two loaves and five loaves and two fishes and fed 5,000 people. I'm the God that made the blind man see. I'm the God that raised Lazarus to life. I'm the God that can take a broken relationship and make it whole, raise dead things to life. I'm the God who is able to do immeasurably more than we ask or imagine. And nobody's getting it. 
Come on. This is the God we serve. This is how big our God is. Come on, maybe I need to give you a little bit of perspective. Let's read Genesis 1.1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Hold on. Is this mic on, Wayne? I think it is, but in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Come on. That has to mean something to us. That has to mean something to us. And when God said, let there be light, he didn't turn on a hundred watt light bulb. Light exploded out of his mouth at 186,000 miles per second. It gets from here to the moon, which is 239,000 miles away in one and a half seconds. Then he begins to put stars and planets and moons and all the galaxies in place. And he hangs it all perfectly in the universe. And galaxies that we get to the, the end of that galaxy that we know and we realize we know nothing. And we look into galaxies that we've never seen and we will never be able to reach. This is the God that loves us. Let me ask again, how big is God? How big is God? How big is he in your heart? How big is he in your mind? How big is he in your family? i got a big God. Come on, I remember as a three-year-old, we used to sing as a family, my God is so big, so strong and so mighty, and I believed there's nothing my God cannot do. Come on, we need to start to believe that again if we've lost the wonder of God, if we've lost how big God is. I'm here to tell you he is able to do immeasurably more than we ask or imagine. You know, realize I, I don't know much about astronomy. I don't know much about what goes beyond earth, all right? But what I do know is that everything is carefully put in place. I know there's a lot of theories out there that, that everything's just kind of randomly spinning, but if everything's randomly spinning and one of them goes out of line just a little bit by a tiniest degree, the universe will explode on itself. Every planet and star is spinning at just the right speed. Earth is placed exactly in the right place so that we don't burn up too close to the sun and so we don't freeze too far from the sun. God's, God is a God of order and structure, an incredible designer. I want you to imagine, I take this piece of paper. Now imagine believing that these two pieces are going to come together randomly. Okay, let's give it a shot. Okay, it didn't go so well. But hey, probability says it will happen, right? Now, Pete MacArthur is a stats man. He's a numbers man. He's a math teacher. What do you think the probability of these pieces of paper coming together would be if I kept going for the rest of my lifetime in a thousand generations? I don't know. He's, he'll have to do the math. He might come back to me on that one. I'd say not very high. This is two things coming together. The billions of particles and the billions of atoms that would need to come together to create life just by randomly happening. Come on. Come on, we've got to believe that there is 
intelligent design and it is God who loves us and created us on purpose for a purpose. As some of you know, I like making sandcastles. I haven't grown up. I never will. It's something I enjoy doing. This summer at the beach, um, I made a beach house. So JJ and I were working on this beach house and it had a veranda and had doors and windows. And, and so we jumped in for a swim. So, so Rosie and Amy and Zoe and I went into the water. And JJ's there with his ruler kind of smoothing down the edges and the sides of the walls. And as he's sitting there working away so diligently, this, this family walks past. And they see this kid with this, this amazing sandcastle. And they, they kind of walk past going, what is it? Did he build that? You know, they have this conversation. And we were just in the surf just cracking up. But I thought about it, if I was to walk down the beach and go, wow, look at that sandcastle. I'm not going, how amazing that the water just pushed all that sand in place and that the wind came and carved out the intricate design and detail. What am I doing? I'm looking across the beach for what? I'm looking for a creator. Who made this? Come on, you can't look at the person next to you and say, God didn't create that. What you should be saying is, you're unbelievable. So let me ask you again, how big is God? This is what Isaiah 40, 12 says. Who else has held the oceans in his hand? Anyone tried that one? Don't hold much. Who has measured off the heavens with his fingers? Who else knows the weight of the earth? Who has weighed the mountains and hills on a scale? Come on, this is our God. This is how big God is. And I know I'm starting to get a bit loud this morning, but I'm really hoping that somebody's going to catch how big God is. Why does it matter? Because we have a community right out through those doors who need to know how big God is. They need to know how much God loves them. They need to know and you know what, if we don't believe it ourselves, if we're struggling to believe how God, how big God is, then we won't take the steps into that conversation. But when we've seen it, when we've experienced it, when we know it, we will step out and we will see God move powerfully in our midst. How big is our God? This is where the wonder of creation and salvation takes place. God created the heavens, the earth, the land, the sea, the plants, the fish. And, and, and God says, this is good. What we've created is good. And then he makes mankind. And God says, let us make man in his image, in our likeness, and let him rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air, over the livestock, over all the earth, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. God made us in his image to represent us, to represent him. So that we would be his children. That was his heart, that he would have relationship with us, that he would walk. Adam and Eve, normal was walking through the garden in the cool of the night. They spent all day working and tending to the land as God had asked them to do. And then at night they would just hang out. How was your day? I had a good day. I got, got a little bit of a prickle in my thumb, but yeah, it was a good day, God. You know, there, there was this, there was this, relationship, the way God always intended it to be. 
the created walking with the creator. That's his desire, and it still is. Trouble is, Adam and Eve lost perspective. See, God gave us one very important thing, and that was something called choice. You can't love someone unless you choose. Love is not something that can be forced on you. It's not love. Love is, as we heard, a word that requires some action. Something we have to do. And so Adam and Eve had the choice to obey God or disobey. There were two trees that were put in the garden. One with the tree of life. Eat that. You will never die. Then there was a tree of the knowledge of good and evil. They came to the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and the serpent says, come on, taste this. Taste this, go on. You'll be just like God. Come on, billions and billions of people have thought we could get on a level playing field with God. We can be as big as God. We can know what, what, what God knows. But we forget we were made in his image. We can have everything and more if we would trust him and honor him and obey him. And yet we try and achieve all of that without him. And sin ultimately separates us from relationship with God. I heard it once said that um, some scientists had done all of their research and they, they came back, they came to God and they said, God, we believe that we can create just like you can. We've got this. We, we believe that every living thing comes from the dirt. All of our scientific research says that we can create. So we're going to challenge you to a creation duel. So we're going to take this dirt and we're going to create something out of it. At this point, God stops them and says, I thought this was a creation challenge. Get your own dirt. See, this, the created, trying to get on the level of the creator, make your own dirt. <laughs> Come on, our God is so big. And yet, can I tell you today, he is so personal. How big is my God? So big and so close. And as the band come this morning, I want to tell you how big our God is. Because Adam and Eve were separated from God. Their sin separated them. This is mankind's problem. How big is our God? <laughs> big enough to take the weight of my sin and your sin. And the sin of the world on his shoulders. This is how big our God is. That he would create all of this. And then he would say, I'll come and I'll be the, the answer to the problem that you have, which is sin. It's what Jesus did. Romans 5, 6 to 8, you see it just the right time. When we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Anyone? Anyone put their hand up for that one? Bible tells us that there's no one righteous, not even one. That all our righteous acts, you know, all the, all the good things we do are like filthy rags. Not, you know, deep in the, the language of that, it was like dirty grave clothes. Good for nothing. Our attempts at getting close to God fall short. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a, for a good person, someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While I was still a sinner, Christ died for me. While I'm still a sinner, Christ died for me. While you're still a sinner, 
Christ died for you. How big is my God? He's big enough to save me, to bring me out of darkness and into light. And how did he do that? Through Jesus. Jesus came and he lived a life. He kind of gave up all of the glory of heaven and became one of us. Faced every temptation, every challenge, every trial that we would have faced. And he lived a perfect life. John 1, 1 to 5, it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through Him all things were made. Without Him nothing was made that has been made. In Him was life, and that life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not understood it. So many people, so many of us are walking around in darkness, without purpose, without meaning. J. John, who's going to be sharing in just a number of weeks, he puts it this way. He says, people are suffering from the Christopher Columbus syndrome. When Christopher Columbus set off to discover the new land, he didn't know where he was going. When he got there, he didn't know where he was. When he came back, he didn't even know where he'd been. Come on, this is the challenge that we have. People walking through life, not understanding. But I'm here to tell you again today that God knows where you've been. He knows where you are today. He knows the mess you're in. He knows the struggles you have. He knows the the things that you say and you think and you do. How big is your God? He's big enough to take all of that and take you into a future and a hope that is beyond what you could ask or even imagine. Come on, this is how big our God is. This is how much He loves you. This is how much He loves me. Come on, can we catch a glimpse of how big God is? He's a big, big God. The light that John talks about here is Jesus. God said, let there be light. And then he sent light into the world. Jesus, the light of men, as John puts it. Christ's existence is undeniable. I know it's easy. Some people just dismiss Jesus as a living being because, you know, it was 2,000 years ago. There can't be any evidence. Well, can I tell you, if you do the Alpha course, which we're doing in term two, you'll hear some incredible research that there is more evidence that Jesus existed as a human being than any other living person around that era. Julius Caesar, all of the other famous people from history. There is no question that Jesus Christ was a real person. What the question is, is was he who he said he was? Can I tell you, you don't give your life for a lie. Most people that lived and experienced and gave everything for him, they saw and experienced Jesus truth is, will we decide how big is God? Big enough to take my sin. 2 Corinthians 5.21 God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. What is righteousness? Righteousness is right living. Like I said, we, we can't do anything right on our own, but we find our righteousness in Christ. When we say, I will remain in Christ, and wherever I go, 
Christ is taking me. Come on, remember, he holds, he weighs the earth in his hands. So that means wherever I find myself, I am in him. I'm in Christ. My good days and then my bad days and my days where I want to quit, when I want to give up, when I'm done. Jesus says, just remain in me. Remain in me. Stay close to me. And I'll help you find purpose. Help you understand who you are. When you don't know what to ask, I'll give you immeasurably more than that. What you ask or even imagine. As I close this morning, I want to give an invitation for anyone who has never given their life to Christ. As I've shared this morning, God had a plan and a purpose for creation, and that purpose was to walk in relationship with Him. There might be people here today, you've never given your life to Christ. You've heard about Him, but you've never really, really said, God, I'm going to give you everything. Jesus, I'm going to accept that gift of salvation, and I'm going to receive that. I'm going to pray a prayer in a moment, and I'm going to invite you to pray that prayer as well. We'll all pray it together. But then there's also people who've been walking with God for some years, but but for whatever reason, you've drifted. You've drifted and the wonder of God has kind of left you. I want to pray for those that feel like they need to get a, a fresh revelation of who God is again. If you want to pray this prayer of salvation, why don't you pray a simple prayer? It's going to ask God to forgive us of our sins, to receive the gift of salvation, the grace of God in our lives. And surrender our lives, our will to God and trust Him with our future. With every head bowed and eye closed, would you pray this prayer with me? Heavenly Father, thank you for your great love for me. I believe you sent your son Jesus to die on the cross for my sins. I believe that he was raised to life and is alive today. Please forgive me for all of my sins. I turn from my old way of living and I give my life to you today. In Jesus' name. If you prayed that prayer for the very first time, or maybe you're coming back to God, would you do something brave? We've got a team at the back that are just going to spot anyone that puts their hand up to say, yeah, I prayed that prayer. I'm not going to embarrass you, but we want to get alongside you and help you on your journey.